Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Pressure Podcast. Sincere Hogan, that's me, my man, Mike Mahler, another line. Hey, man, look, this is probably, this is another hype episode right here. Very hype. Oh, this, is a, this is a bit of your past, a little bit of mine as yeah. well, you know, because, you know, you talk a lot about some of the bands that influenced you coming up, especially yeah. during the 90s, and you always talk about the Cro-Mags, and yeah. so I thought, you know, hey, man, what better way to bring this all together than have like one of the founders themselves on our show? And you know, you've talked a lot about this guy in the past on the show as well. Now we have him here, so yeah, this man. is gonna be a good you show, know, man. Uh, the Chromags have been a huge influence. It's one of my favorite bands growing up. They're basically a New York City hardcore legends. Mm-hmm. And I got into these guys when I was 15, and I saw them live several times at the infamous 9:30 Club in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. It was life. It was life changing, man. Because these guys killed it. You know, John Joseph, the singer, the bassist, Harley Flanagan. These guys had such incredible stage energy, and they were jacked. Both of them were in great shape. So, honestly, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't have gotten. Not only would I not have gotten into the fitness business if it wasn't for these guys and the influence they had on me, I probably wouldn't have majored in religious studies either in college because these guys spoke a lot about the Bhagavad Gita and Hindu philosophy, and I grew up with that as well. But somehow. All that stuff was made really cool because it wasn't coming from my mom, you know. Right. It was coming from these guys in a fucking badass band. Right. And it was at it was at a time in my life too where I was really into intense music, but I was getting tired of the same repetitive message. Really, there wasn't a message. It was just anger, 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 right. without any real. What do we do with that anger? Yeah. And that's what led me to the New York City hardcore scene, where I got into bands like the Chromex and Agnostic Front and Madball and all these bands that had a very positive message and when you went to one of these shows i mean the chromags in the night early late 1980s early 90s at the 930 club in washington dc i mean it was basically like a rugby match <laughs> i mean it was so intense man like yeah, right man. before that first song came on they would play the clockwork orange theme song and then the whole place would get really amped up and then the second that first beat came down the place would go nuts i mean it would go nuts in in the most positive way you can imagine people weren't trying to start fights nobody was trying to punch someone in the face but it was a very aggressive outlet which was honestly really important for a lot of us that were young and frustrated hey dude didn't know what to do with all the timing was perfect for me because i'm coming out of that i'm right around there in the hardcore hip-hop underground hip-hop at that time and and right around that time is when i was even made aware of these guys because one of my buddies man you know he's a skater you know but he's also a music producer hip-hop producer man and he was really into a lot of the punk scene as well and so he introduced me to groups like you know bad brains man and and you know and the pro mags and and Oh man, I just when I started and start thinking about biohazard and all these guys, and then they start fusing themselves with some of these hardcore hip hop groups like Onyx and and Public Enemy. You know, you have like Anthrax. All these guys start coming about, so it just kind of really helped me move away just from the typical things that I was used to, like I said, the hardcore underground hip hop, and also some of the like the heavy metal and hard rock, and just seeing like this whole different scene here, man. I mean, we would sit there and go to a club out here in Houston called the Axiom and Numbers. I don't know, if, I don't know if John's played there at Numbers. I'm pretty sure those guys have. If they ever came out to Houston because that's pretty much where all those bands would come and play, man. It was just you just see this mix of in the crowd. 
You see all the hardcore hip hop heads. You see the punk scene. Everybody's getting along. It would be so funny, dude, because you would see dudes with freaking dreads, and then you see dudes who are wearing like dickies and baseball caps, and then you see guys who are straight up skinheads. And guess what? Everybody's getting along because you know what? The music brought everybody together in the message. That's what the really Chromax shows were like. You yeah. Know, before the Chromax, if you went to a hardcore band, it would basically be all skinheads. And then yeah. with the Chromax shows, it was skinheads, it was metalheads, <laughs> because I was more of a metalhead then. I had long dreadlocks, and I was more into the metal scene. And yeah. the Chromax is what got me to look at the hardcore scene and it was punk rockers it was it was it was some preppy looking dudes in there i mean you know jocks in there there were a whole there were all kinds of people man it was a real motley crew but what's also cool about one more thing that the chrome eggs really influenced me on is my diet you know i got into vegetarianism when i was 15 after reading an interview with the guys talking about why they were doing it and it made a lot of sense to me and there were a couple other life events that solidified it further but it all started with the chrome eggs so, I mean, it's it's really cool. It's, for me, as a big fan of our guest today and as a big fan of the band, it's it's awesome to have him on the show. And one of the things that's been so cool about the fitness business is that it's allowed me to meet a lot of the people that I was a big fan of mm-hmm. in my youth. So it's been really cool how that whole thing has come together. But today our guest is John Joseph, legendary lead singer of the Chromex, best New York City hardcore band ever. Age of Quarrel is their signature album, which – Everybody should have. I mean, it's they're basically the Led Zeppelin of New York City hardcore, just the most right. pivotal band. That album is just a masterpiece, start to finish. And John still kills it today. I saw them in Las Vegas performing at the Las Vegas Fremont Country Club, and they killed it, man. There was a thousand people in there going nuts. It was two in the morning when they finally came on because there were so many bands going on. It was a big festival. Two in the fucking morning, and the place was still packed. And People were killing it. John's in his 50s, just moving around like a madman. I felt like I was in a time warp. I was <laughs> like, man, but did I walk into a hot tub time machine and go back to <laughs> 1990? Because I'm looking at the audience. It's all skinheads and guys with mohawks. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize these people still existed. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, John, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. John, the one and only John Joseph. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to uh, be here. And actually, Mike Mall is one of my heroes. I actually even put him put his picture in uh, in the new book, Meaties for Pussies. Uh, and I'm constantly referring when you know when people talk the whole you can't be big and strong on a plant based diet. I just say, yo, go Google Mike Mall. You know what I'm saying? But in terms in, in, in terms of the music. You know, when I met the Bad Brains in the spring of 1980, they did the same thing for me. It was like they're the ones that put me on this path because they were so influential to me. And I was like, you know, what are these dudes into? And they were still punk rock. They had just started to grow dreadlocks and Mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, getting into the vegetarian thing. And, you know, HR schooled me, man. HR, the singer from the Bad Brains, took me under his wing. You know, I actually wanted to play drums. He's like, man, you got too much energy to be behind a drum kit. Nah, you have to sing. And then he schooled me along with J.W. Lee, their sound man, the late J.W. Lee, who produced the greatest Bad Brains album of all time, the first, uh, the Raw cassette. And and J.W. Lee was like into raw foods and started taking me to yoga places. And and I met Victorious Kovinskis and, you know, the whole... uh, Hippocrates Health Center people and Wigmore. So it was like the more and more I kept researching and being around, you know, in the 90s, it tended to get the scene got to like 
a, a lot of knuckleheads that just went to shows fighting yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And and the times that you guys are both talking about you and sincere, I'm like, that's that was like it was like you know it was like the Rainbow Coalition or something, man. It was like people from all walks of life and just getting together, having a great time. Right. Coming from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, whatever. It was like everybody got together. And the bad brains were really the ones that started that whole thing rolling, you know, like that other people besides punk rockers got into that type of music because they were like, yo, these dudes are killing it. They got dreads. They're like, you know, African-American from the ghettos of D.C. Just yeah. Got- <laughs> Nobody. That was the late 1970s, too, yeah. the Bad Brains. I mean, yeah. talk about yeah. progressive. I mean, they were basically a hardcore band, all-black hardcore band in, in the late 70s. That's crazy progressive. Yeah. Well, you know, when Daryl, when you say Daryl hardcore, he says, man, when I first heard somebody say hardcore, I thought they was talking about porno. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're punk rock. Right, right. You know? yeah, I mean, they wrote Eye Against Eye in, like, 1978. Right. Like, mm-hmm. who was playing, you know, I and Attitude and all these songs in right. the 70s, man? They were so far ahead of their time. It was yeah. just, I mean, there would be no Cro-Mags without the Bad Brains. Right. That's what I always tell everybody because, yeah. you know, Harley was influenced by Daryl. Daryl taught him how to play bass, right. you know? Right. Harley was a drummer. Daryl taught him how to play bass. So, like, you know, there would be... No Cro-Mags without the Bad Brains. They were just really, like, if you search back the family tree to this whole thing, even in the D.C. scene, man, they influenced the Ian MacKay's, the Henry Rollins, mm. you know, to do all the other bands. It was because everybody was coming and hanging out at the Bad Brains shows. And, right, right. You know, they were like, the, they're the godfathers of the whole thing, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's... And they're they're still killing it as well. I mean, yeah, you got me backstage passes at the House of Blues a couple of years ago, and they still rocked it, man. They yeah. were awesome. Yeah, man. I'm but telling the, you, yeah, but, you got next week. You guys going to be at the Afro Punk Festival, which yeah, pretty much only- I see so many folks in that that's on that lineup, man. I'm so pissed that I'm not going to be there. I mean, between you guys, you got Bad Brains, you got Fishbone. Come on, man, and Body Count. Well, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going to be doing a song or two with the Brains on Saturday night. Nice, they, man. They, they're not. HR is not making it to the show, so they got different people, okay. you know, singing singing songs and stuff. But, mm. yeah, see, I mean, the Bad Brains, you know, they made it cool to be spiritual and be different and really go against the grain because, right, like, yeah. look what punk rock was all about. Like Mike said, oh, yeah, just bitch a lot about everything but not do a goddamn thing to solve any of the world's problems. And here comes the Bad Brains. <laughs> talking about Ja or setting people on a spiritual path. Yo, right. give up animal flesh. Dude, nobody was tough. I mean, I, <laughs> let's right. let's not get it twisted. I was in I was on the punk scene 1977 in New York City before I got locked up. I was going to Max's and CB's and all these clubs. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking any kind. Of, it was all about drugs and heroin and bitching and complaining and getting fucked <laughs> up. Nobody right. was fucking had any kind of metaphysical run-ins going at all. And the Bad Brains were the first one to just change the paradigm of that whole thing and inject spirituality, not religion, but real spirituality into the whole scene. And, and Cro-Mags, we did our own thing, but, you know, it was kind of like, you know, we're like 
I would say like right under the family tree, you know, it's going back to the roots of everything is the right. Bad Brains, and then you had all the other bands, and Cro-Mags was one of those. Now you can the- you can you can hear the the Bad Brains influence in a Cro-Mags album, but you guys definitely have your own distinct style. Like to be honest, I'm a way bigger Cro-Mags fan than I am yeah. Bad Brains fan. I like the Bad Brains, but the Bad Brains didn't capture me the way you're talking about. But you guys did with your message. It was it was everything. It was the right time. It was the right yeah. music. It was the right people to have such a profound effect on my whole life philosophy and trajectory of my life as well yeah here, here's what's funny here's what's funny john sorry yeah here's what's funny all the things you just mentioned oh you know you know pretty much when you guys came around and how the scene looked then isn't it funny how history repeats itself because right now you you got that now thanks to social media now you got another young generation that sits around they bitch all the time they're angry but they're not doing a damn thing about it so right. now like, again, if we're not learning from history, it's doing to repeat itself. So at this point, do you see any other bands coming out these days, man, in, in, in the punk scene or any scene that pretty much is taking a step where you guys left off or where you're still doing it, you're still killing it, but someone is still, that's around that age when you guys started right now that is pretty much in the forefront trying to help change that whole scene of just all the bitching, complaining, and being active? Because right now, Mike and I was talking about this, the only people we still see out there, man, still out there, like standing up for the little man and all this other part and, and keep in really keeping it real in the industry. You see guys like yourself, you see Chuck D, you see guys like Ice T, you know, you see all these guys who are old school, but still new school as far as still bringing the message out there. Whereas all the young kids, they're dropping the ball, man. They're just, right. they're all talking about what they got, what they don't have, all this bullshit and talking about their money, the clothes, the bitches, the blah, 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 blah. Who gives Well, a even damn? at the show, Sincere, <laughs> that, that John performed at, it was yeah. funny because we're all in the back room mm-hmm. just waiting to go, waiting for them to go on, waiting for the Kremex to go on. And there's one more band to go on before John and his guys are ready to kill it. Mm-hmm. And there's this one kid who's there just working on his moves. You know, he's working on his punk moves. And then, and then, he, lights, then he lights up a cigarette. I've never heard someone tell someone to fuck off smoking in a more polite way than John. It was hilarious. This guy lights up a cigarette, and John's like, hey, man, do me a favor and get the fuck out of here with that cigarette. I'm allergic to that shit. The guy puts it out immediately. He's like, oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I was like, man, you told and I call you no, but you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think like the problem with it now is like you have all these distractions. I mean, I I also, even though I come from the punk scene, I went to all the early, I mean, I was locked up in Spofford in 78 Mm -hmm. in the South Bronx. That's the Mm -hmm. first time, I mean, I was locked up hearing like hip hop blasting. The beginning of Africa Bombada and yeah. all of that Sugar Hill Gang. Mm. I mean, I was going to all those shows in the early 80s and the hip hop and even the punk rock. I mean, it's been so dumbed down and homogenized uh, and just bullshit. There's no revolution left in the music anymore. Look what hip hop has turned into now, just yeah. like what Sincere said. Money and the bitches and the bling bling, and I fucked it up all. And like, dude, it's so dumbed down, and that's the shit that's even getting any radio play. Or, right. or, I, 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 and, and it's because I look at the bigger picture, dude. It's mm-hmm. Big Brother mm-hmm. controlling the message that's getting out there to everybody. And even the punk rock stuff, motherfuckers with like girl pants, 
and oh. fucking like, who cares Ma- how many tattoos you got, dude? You're whack. You yeah. you can't get enough tattoos. Even, even that stuff is very commercial now. Like yeah. the Offspring are doing this big tour, I'm but they don't they don't have any message, man. I, I mean, mean dude, my boy's the guitar player. Ty, he also plays in fucking uh, in uh, in H two O. You know, Toby Todd Morris. But I mean, dude, that shit's not. I, I come from a different world. Of <laughs> right. Punk used to be real shit. It was revolutionary. But now it's Avril Lavigne. Look what Levine, we're talking about. <laughs> Fearless vampire killers. Them bourgeoisies that better watch out for me all throughout this so-called nation. We don't need your filthy money. We don't want your innocent bloodshed. We just we just want to end your world. Right. Like, who the fuck is talking like that now? Right. And you know what? If you were, you would not be getting on. You wouldn't be getting no play. That's why we go to the underground. And I do meet a lot of bands who are in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, like, name off names right now because we play with so many bands. But there's a lot of really positive young kids out there. And they look up to bands like the Cro-Mags and the Bad Brains. And I always, I never play that rock star bullshit. I'm in a motherfucking band, big deal. That don't make me better than nobody else. What that does is show these people, yo, you could do it. You can live live healthy. I'm 52 doing Ironmans. I shouldn't even be alive with what I've gone through in my life. And I just try to be an inspiration to these other kids to to pay forward the gifts that I received from people like HR and JW Lee right. and all the people that's and Prabhupada that schooled me along the way and had some compassion to help me out. That's that's why I go to lockups. That's why I go to gang high schools and speak to these kids and do and and try and feed the homeless in New York City and try to be a positive uh, role model for these kids. I don't get high. I don't I don't I don't play the sex, drugs and rock and roll bullshit game. That's all bullshit, dude. That's smoke and mirrors. And there's a lot of young kids coming up that with a little bit of direction, you know, getting the right direction is is all they need. But they're there, man. They're there. You're just not hearing about. Well, I mean, them. we're sincere and myself are two examples because we're we're influenced by guys like you. And then look yep. at the positive message that we've had collected, just the two of us with our individual businesses, this show. So it definitely, there's definitely, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, if there's a few people that really resound with that message you have, you never know what can happen because so much of what I've done is heavily influenced by you guys. And that brings us back to this, this vegetarianism. I mean, you have the most ballsy title for a nutrition (laughs) book ever made in in the history of book publishing. All right. I've been waiting all week to introduce you as the author of Meat is for Pussies. I mean, I woke up this morning going, I can't wait to introduce John as the author of that book because I mean that that is such a clever title but it's a very ballsy title because you're going to get so much flack for that title oh, one one you're going to have all these guys like fuck you man I eat my steak and then you're going to have all these fem Nazis that are like you're using the <gasps> how dare you so what so take us back what what made you come up with this as the right. title of the book first, first all, I got you but first of all Prime example, Veg News just posted up a thing today about the book, and I explained the whole thing where the title came from, and the feminazis are fucked. I'm like, I challenge any one of you right now, I will pay your ticket. Come to the next prison, drug lockup, street gangs that we go and play for in in Texas, any of that. Come and try to spread your, spread your political liberal message to these people and see how many of them you're going to have. A, I just had I just had fucking gang members on tour in Texas come up to me and be like, 
yo, I thought they was ready to beef because we, you know, I broke up a fight the last time I was there. And they was like, yo, man, I lost 50 pounds since reading your book, bro. And I'm vegetarian. All right. I'm like, so you were in San Antonio, but, huh? <laughs> so it was Love Houston. that invitation. It was Houston, bro. Oh, okay, so. It was in Houston. My but hometown. let me tell you, I didn't come up with the title. See, we were looking. I'm going to tell you the whole history of that. I wrote this book. And I was getting ready to call it John Joseph's Go Green Road to Health, Nutrition, and Longevity. <laughs> and fucking Todd Irwin, who put the book out, goes, motherfucker, who are you? Fucking Dr. Oz? Nobody wants to nobody wants to fucking read that book by you. You're John Bloodclot Joseph from the Cro-Mags. And then I'm like, well, we got to come up with a title. And then one day, my boy was training in the gym. And, like, and I'm telling him he had a fight coming up. I'm like, yo, you have to fucking, like, eat. You know, alkaline forming foods, plant based, you know, I get and he's like vegan. I'm like, yeah, I guess vegan, but clean vegan. So this fucking like meathead is like like thought I was dissing vegans, which for the most part I do. They all do look unhealthy, most of them. <laughs> Except for guys like you. That's why I never I that's why I have a title, uh, a chapter in my book called Vegan, the five letter curse word. Because they do look like shit So this dude pipes in He's like Oh yeah All the fucking vegans If you don't eat meat You're a pussy That's what this fucking And I was like Motherfucker What? Are you for real? Like Look at you dude You got a mullet in 1980 Tiger Stripe You look like a fucking clown Let's get in the ring I said I've been I haven't eaten meat In fucking 32 years bro What's up? The guy ended up getting I gave him a copy of my book and, uh, and he ended up fucking, like, switching his shit around. That's funny. But then when I told Todd the story, he's like, that's it. You got to throw it back in these motherfuckers' faces, dude. Because that's everybody equates, uh, you know, eating meat with masculinity. And you right. need it. You know, that's what we've been. That's what's been ingrained in our brains that, you know, meat is... Meat is what men eat and all this bullshit. And, and, you know, when you start breaking the whole shit down, and even what I say in the introduction is, I, I, I don't take it out of context. Exactly what I say is, if you continue to lead a sedentary lifestyle, what's happening in America, sitting on your fucking computers, just like you're doing now, talking shit about my book, <laughs> you know, eating shitty food that they're putting out there for you, you're going to become a pussy dependent upon the pharmaceutical companies to keep you alive. That's putting the book in proper context of where the fuck the title's coming from. There's a lot of dudes that eat meat that could kick my ass. I'm, I got friends who are fucking special forces and everything. They understand. They eat meat, but they understand the population that I'm going for. Not everybody is a fucking Navy SEAL or a Green Beret or whatever the fuck or a UFC MMA fighter. Right. Most of America is fucking obese and right. out of shape and sick. Yep. Right. Yeah. So that's who I'm going after. The dudes, you know, who were fucking, you know, wrapping fucking uh, baking around the fucking to uh, dirty or whatever the fuck I <laughs> as motherfuckers. Yeah, it's a fucking you know, it's a fucking egg inside of the asshole of a turkey. And then, you know, put that inside of a pig, and then uh, that's I'm trying to get through to knuckleheads, and I'm having success. There's been thousands of motherfuckers that wrote me emails, being like, "Dude, you are the first motherfucker that spoke my language that's talking." Well, this I was about to say it's it's definitely a male oriented book, which is much needed because most books on vegetarianism are are so geared for. 
towards women, right? Yeah. Which is which is fine, you know, because that's an audience too. But guys aren't going to read those books. Guys aren't going to read Skinny Bitch and stuff like that. And, and they're certainly not going to follow me, it. The main woman who's been attacking me wrote the book, The Sexual Politics of Meat. Sorry, lady, if that's the last book on the fucking shelf, my friends ain't going to read that shit. Right. Right. All right. And not only that, but you know what, John? The animal rights movement is full of these fem Nazis who are trying to take over the animal rights movement. Uh, What's their agenda? They, they don't really care about animals. They're just trying to hijack the animal they rights. Don't. Movement. They talk don't. About and if they did, it pisses me off because that's a separate issue altogether. So when I'm at an, if I'm at an animal rights event, I want to hear about animal rights. I don't want to hear about some fem Nazi stuff. That's another yeah. event altogether. Well, can I tell you something? If they really cared about the animals, then they would fucking help anybody that's trying to prevent animals being fucking killed. So why did you why did they attack Rory Friedman when she made a fucking millions of women get off meat and save millions of animals? Why are they attacking me? First of all, the book says for dudes who want to get fit, kick ass and take names. I know some of you. Feminazis think you have testicles between your <laughs> legs, but you don't. It's for dudes. If you don't like the channel, change the motherfucker. You don't know me. They're all judging me. Where I'm like, well, I mean, while while they're attacking you, John, they're they're taking focus away from real issues. They're right. wasting energy attacking you, a guy who is positive, trying to put out a positive message. So instead of wait now, now you have to respond to all this bullshit when you could be doing more positive things. So it's it's a waste of everyone's time, and it just goes to, it just goes to show they don't really give a well, fuck. I mean, come on, they eat their own. People. They eat their own. Just like you brought up Rory Freeman. You know, when she came out with Skinny Bitch, they all got on her ass. By the way, why you got to be you know sitting there and celebrating bitch? And why do you have to be a bitch and like? You're missing the point. Read the fucking book. Okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read the book. Exactly. It's a compelling title, and it's a, it's smart for business, man. You're getting a good message. You, you got you know who cares what the book is called? Call it whatever you want to call it to get it out there. I mean, when I wrote my book, Live Life Aggressively, what self help gurus should be telling you, it was a similar paradigm that you went through, John. Where I was just going to call it Live Life Aggressively, time to take charge of your life. That's way too fucking general, man. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? There's so many yeah. books out there that have that. And then I was like, you know what? What motivated me to write this is I'm tired of all this self-help bullshit, which doesn't fucking work. So that needs to be in the title. What right. self-help gurus should be telling you is that, you know what? There's no secrets. Everything you try to do that's meaningful is going to take a lot of hard work and sacrifices. And here's what you need to do right? <clears throat> rather than bullshitting people. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Well, I'm glad you took that approach because it's, it's a fucking great book, you know, and – you know, I don't even take time to respond to them. You know what I say when they write all that, like, on the fa- on the fucking veg news shit today? I'm like, oh, yeah, that John Joseph, he's such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm like, educated. yeah, John Joseph, John Joseph sucks. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. It's kind of like what Ice-T said, you know, powered by hate. He's like, you know, he, he just reads a bunch of negative feedback about himself, and then he goes and gets a good workout in the gym. Yeah, I don't even, you know what they say too? Prabhupada used to say the dogs may bark, the caravan must go on. And it's like, I don't care that if what I say offends you because you've lived this sheltered life. This one like 21 year old feminazis attacking me, writing like 20 fucking replies. I'm like, listen, girl, you don't even know me. I was fucking locked up before you were even a twinkle in your father's eye. Like fucking... Like, you couldn't last a fucking day. You know, I said, here's my challenge to you. I'll pay for your fucking ticket. Come to some of these things where I go and try to reach these guys and see how far you get. Right. Talking your feminist bullshit. 
Well, so yeah, many, like, so many people. So many people are so bold because of because of the internet. And like I, I saw the other day, you know, so many people have internesticles, is what they say. You know, they just they got, <laughs> they got big balls behind a keyboard. And, I mean, and big ovaries behind a keyboard. But at the end of the day, they haven't walked one fucking step in most people's shoes. And they and they wouldn't, like you said, wouldn't last a second. They they would end up being like the little kids on locked up. You know, yeah, you know, exactly. they wouldn't last. I mean, they're not seconds. they're not doing anything positive. It's just like yeah. when we had Melia Kaplan on the show and James Pond. You know, both of these people run great organizations. Mm-hmm. Melia to help animals, James to help victims of human trafficking. I always say that whenever you bring up an important issue and some jerk off is like, "Well, what about this? What about that?" It's like, "Well, what are what, you doing? Yeah, what about, about it? What are you doing?" It's about never. It? It's never <laughs> someone who's doing anything about anything useful. So right. people that are but the the good thing about this, John, is that controversy is always useful in the sense that mm-hmm. all of these people talking about your book brings more awareness. And then what's interesting is that a lot of people listening to this episode should take heed to how this book became successful because you self-published this book. Yeah. And it was so successful that HarperCollins, one of the biggest publishing companies out yeah. there, came to you because they wanted to republish it. How did that whole like, thing happen? Well, we did 10 10- – like I wrote Evolution of a Cro Magnon. We did ten thousand. Yeah, which is also times. exceptional. Exceptional. Right. So 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 it was like there's I wrote the film for that now, the adaptation. So oh, that started awesome. Yeah, so I, I started getting an agent and stuff like that. And then like, you know, we did ten thousand copies of that book and ten thousand copies of Meters for Pussies on our own. So like out I got signed with ICM and my agent was like, yo, this is a really big fucking like topic right now. The whole food thing, what's happening in America, the whole shit is shifting. Like, you know, I think I can get you guys a deal for this book. So within a week, this guy had four major publishers lined up to put the book out. Wow. And I said to HarperCollins point blank, this is a this is gonna be like on the shelves of fucking bookstores. Are you cool with the title? Do you want to fucking like tone it down? Like, and and they told me point blank, absolutely not. We love the title. We love what you do. We love how controversial you are, controversial. We're behind it 100%. And, you know, truth be told, it's definitely becoming, a, I just spoke at the seed. I just spoke to like the whole foods conference of all the fucking execs down in austin texas it's becoming like a real underground like you know with this next uh run of books that we're doing now with harper collins it's becoming like this you know underground like book that's everybody's talking about i just had lunch with john mackey for an hour and you know, with the rep that they got being called whole pay- paycheck and everything else, mm. what he's doing now is opening these flagship stores in the ghettos of Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit, yeah. And it's going to be all food that people that are economically disadvantaged can afford. The 365 yeah. brand where they oh, can cool. eat organics yeah. for cheap. So I think, like, you know, I know there was a whole controversy that came up about this whole GMO thing, but they're eliminating or at least labeling anything that's going to be GMO. They're having mandatory labeling. That's good. I mean, you know, personally, me, myself, when I look at that little barcode sticker, it has to say nine or I don't eat it. Exactly. Nine, yeah. Right. That's the way. And I don't don't buy processed food, so I have no business going through the aisles of, like, all this processed food. Uh, crap that's in boxes and everything else. Right. I don't eat that crap. 
And let's, no, let's get into that. Like, what, what is your vegan diet like, right? Because everyone has their own style. I've got my right. own style of doing it. What's, what's your diet like these days? Well, I eat a organic, plant-based, whole food diet. I mean, every day. Like, you know, I'll tell you exactly what I – usually every single day I start off uh, – I get up, I start off with a juice. Like a green juice, two ounces of wheatgrass. Mm-hmm. Then I move on to like – you know, I had raw oatmeal this morning with coconut cream in it, and and I'll do like it. You know, it depends on the level of act- of activity too. Like, you know, tomorrow I'm breaking bricks. I'm I'm biking twenty. I got a, a triathlon coming up, so I'll bike twenty five miles out to the beach, get in the water, swim a mile, get out of the water, run the mile back, get back in the water, swim another mile, <laughs> run back, and then get on my bike and go bike back to the city. So if I'm doing something like that, you know, I have to eat a lot. Uh, you know, I have to bring stuff with me because, you know, I'll do like the organic gels from Cliff or whatever. You know, but my diet is 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 very simple, man. I eat at Angelica's a lot. I have a lot of greens, a lot of whole beans, quinoa, you know, just really, really great food. I'm in Angelica's kitchen practically every single day. So, like, so just give us, give us an example of a good dinner you have, for example. Yeah, okay, so last night, uh, what did I have? I get this thing called a full house bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So that'll be uh, a big bowl of, like, organic split pea soup with kale in it and nori strips, right? Right. And then and then I'll get, like, a, uh, and then I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, some sides, like, you know, um, len- walnut, raw walnut lentil pate and, and flax crackers and then, like, you know, a big, and then uh, a salad and some, uh, like a kale salad. I even eat, you know, some tempeh and stuff like that, even tofu because it's organic. So people have been, you know, everyone's, there's a lot of misconceptions. It's the epicyte is the gene they're putting into the soybeans now. Right. Really, if you look at what that shit is all about, it is when people are like, you eat soy, that increases estrogen in men. Yes, genetically modified soy does that because they put an enzyme in all the soy that is called epicyte, and that's what it does. It destroys sperm in men and increases estrogen levels, right. and, it, and it messes with women's reproductive systems and increase, increases testosterone. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because mm-hmm. so many people don't delineate that. And also right. or, organic soy and also healthier forms of soy like natto, tempeh, et cetera, mm-hmm. non-GMO soy, What it, it doesn't even work on the alpha estrogen receptor, right, yeah. which is the one that increases estrogen in a male body. It works on the beta receptor, which actually has a hormone balancing effect. So there was there was an eight-week study where they put a bunch of men on, I think, 50 grams of soy protein isolate or something like that. And this is isolate. This is not even whole food yeah. storms. Even then, it didn't increase estrogen. Right. So that that's been one of those fear tactics where people think that if they even look at soy, they're gonna have, they're gonna have bitch tits. What's funny though is a lot of the guys yeah. are like, oh, that increases estrogen, or the most estrogen dominant motherfuckers they, you'll ever see in your beer. life, man. They've, they've got bitch, yeah, they've got like, bitch tits and a hot dog in one hand and fucking yeah, ha- haven't had haven't had a, an erection without Viagra and Cialis triple dosed for you know for years, and they're worried about. Soy is like, give me a break, guys. Stop drinking that? fucking beer. How about the recumbent bovine growth hormone that, you know, that. Yeah. that Eli Lilly, who's a drug? <laughs> uh, okay, here's the, here's the fucking food corruption in America. Yeah. 
Eli Lilly bought the fucking patent off Monsanto. Now, Eli Lilly is a drug company that specializes in breast cancer drugs for women. Now, RBGH is banned in every single country around the planet. It's been proven to trigger cancer cells in the breast tissue of women and the prostate of men. Those are the two main drugs. Eli Lilly sells a lot of those drugs. Now, why would they buy a fucking hormone and put it in all the meat and all the dairy? What, like, good for business. You know, that's where the documentary <laughs> The Idiot Cycle comes in. If anyone has seen that film, I suggest you see it because you will find out that a lot of the drug companies are owning these poisonous food and chemical companies. Okay, that are poisoning us and getting us sick and they're turning around and profiting off of it. And as a matter of fact, they've got it so sewn up that they own the companies that make the film that go into the fucking mammogram cameras. Mm -hmm. It's sick. It's sick. Yeah, very insidious. Exactly. Now, I mean, and also, I mean, the majority of meat comes from factory farms where animals are inundated with all kinds of drugs to keep them alive long enough to be slaughtered to turn into an extremely low-quality product. I always tell people, even if you could care less about animals, if you care about your own health and that of your families, you're not going to support those means. Right. Because there's no way that eating a very unhealthy animal is remotely healthy. Just thinking about it logically. How could it possibly be healthy to eat an extremely unhealthy animal? Right. Not only that, it's the whole free-range shit and these fucking, like, yeah, and most of these catchphrases. Yeah, it's about cage free. Yeah. 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 That's all I got to fucking yeah. no, say. No, no, most people think, oh, great, free range. This yeah. cow's on a big green pasture having a great day, and then one day it just gets killed. Humanely. Oh, shit. Yeah, but the major that's all, exactly, exactly. Same thing with the free range stuff. Free range can mean that a chicken has two feet to walk around well, in its own they have up to <laughs> They have up to 108 feet. Okay, uh, yeah. space each for each chicken. I mean, that what? Okay, what does that even mean? I mean, you know, what does that even mean when you say that, man? I, I laugh at them and say, "Oh, they're cage free. They're cage free." Right. I say, "Oh, what they get a first? Oh, what they? It's like a, a prison. Farm. It's like a prison. So they get an hour to go work out in the middle of the day, yeah. but then they have to go back to their cells. They get to go out to the yard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a perfect example. Okay. okay. I'm friends with Rip Esselstyn, the Engine Two Diet guy, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So Rip. What went on Dr. Oz, it was a few years ago, and Dr. Oz said, we're going to give Chicago firefighters... <laughs> oh, I remember uh, that. I remember the engine, that. The engine 2 thing, right? So Rip goes and does the whole shit. All their numbers on cholesterol, they're getting off all their drugs, all this stuff. Well, guess what? The people who own Dr. Oz told him, there's no way you're having that guy come back on and basically show the world that they can get off their drugs if they give up meat and dairy and all this yeah, other this guy should This guy's show is supposed to be about health, too. Oh, it's please. bullshit. He's oh, a, please. I'm going to tell a you a funny plate. story. Yeah, let's My hear guy, it. I'm going to tell you this story, okay? My friend is this guy, Ian Norrington, okay? He's a Muay Thai fighter, and he's he's 240 pounds, six foot four, and... Uh, he's one of the biggest bodyguards in all of Australia. He does bodyguard work for every fucking celebrity that goes to Australia. So he had to protect Dr. Oz. So Ian came out on the tour. He asked to be, because he knew us from England in the 90s and the 80s, he asked to be our tour manager in Australia. So I'm training for an Ironman. He sees me performing and then getting up at 4.30 in the morning, fucking training. He's like, oh, mate, like, what the fuck do you do, man? How do you have all this energy? I had a copy of Meetings for Pussies, the first version. I gave it to him. By the end of the tour, he went vegan. 
okay, and has never looked back since. He has more energy. He started fighting competitively again. Point is, he went to Dr. Oz. He was bodyguarding Dr. Oz. So Dr. Oz is doing an interview over the phone in the limousine that, that Ian's there with him, you know. And Ian's text messaging me like, oh, this fucking wanker, he's telling, fucking, <laughs> he's telling people to eat fucking fish and all this bullshit and dairy is good. He's like, wait till this fucking wanker gets off the phone. I'm going to fucking... So Dr. Oz finishes his interview. So here's my boy covered from tattoos from his fucking neck, his whole back, everything. Six foot four, 200 and something pounds. He's like, oi, you mind if I ask you a question, Dr. Oz? Like, why are you telling people to eat fish to get the omegas? The fish are eating the plankton. Why don't you just go to the source? Why are you supporting factory farm fish and all? And Dr. Oz just looked at him like, who the fuck are you? Like, and he had no art. Like, my friend, philosophically and ethically and, and fucking and nutritionally smashed Dr. Oz. Like, so that just goes to show... Like, you're never going to hear the real message unless it comes from the fucking underground because the mainstream media ain't going to tell you what the real deal is because they're controlled. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, just look, even going back to, like, the flu vaccinations that everybody had to go get or whatever, you know, here's this guy, Dr. Oz, not even letting his family do it, but he had to do it because he's a medical professional. When they asked him, well, yeah. then why are you doing it? Well, I have to yeah. because of my job, but my family, they're not getting vaccinated. Well, I'm going on the side of your family. Why would I want to get that shit? Well, he's also an investor in that. <laughs> exactly. So he made money off everyone yeah. who went and got it. That, that's exactly. the part. That's the that's it, the part. That's the part they always leave out. Them. Exactly. You know. It's so. just like the, the you know the the, uh, the the Grummans and the rest of them. Now that this whole thing's going on, and you know, and and Israel and the rest of the countries are showing, oh yeah, this is what American. <laughs> Uh, technology could do. Guess what? With the whole Israeli conflict in the Gaza Strip in the last weeks, guess what? Stocks have gone through the roof. Of course. I mean, yeah, you got the, the fucking is is the war technology. War stock. technology and biotech, all these things, man. They 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 feed off of this stuff. I mean, it goes back. To, I think it's, it's, Roosevelt said, you know, whenever the country's going broke, what did he say? You know, what this country needs is a good war. war. <laughs> you know, yeah. so war is big business, man. That's what people need to understand. It's not about trying to free anybody. It's about making money. Exactly. <laughs> it is exactly. like a prison. Prisons are being right. built for money. Anyway, if, I mean, if we were about freeing people, then we would have intervened in Somalia instead of letting that genocide. Uh, happen. Uh, yeah, what's exactly. up with that genocide? They're talking about ISIS. What about all the hey. fucking Africans <laughs> that got killed? I'll do you one better. I'll do you one closer to home. I'm in Texas. Why not go to freaking Mexico and save these people in Laredo from all these cartels? You know, these yeah. people are getting thrown over bridges and, and decapitated and all this other stuff. You know, and hell, we even even our Border Patrol agents are getting getting set up and getting shot with U.S. guns. So let's talk about all that stuff. So don't don't even start talking about it. Well, we got to go and save those people over and blah blah blah, and we got to free them. And it's all about democracy. It's all about money. Shut the hell up. Well, how about the declassified <laughs> CIA document that proved that they were bringing cocaine into the African American neighborhoods in America in the oh, yeah. '80s yeah. for crack to finance all their shit, their covert operations in South America. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, dude, it's all smoke and mirrors and bullshit. And the biggest one is with the food and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now they're protected. Or, and, you know, now you got Monsanto being protected. They get the right. Monsanto Protection Under Act. The Patriot Act. <laughs> I'm like, are the you pa- freaking kidding me? They're, they're bioterrorists. Why are they being protected? <laughs> There's chemical and, and, warfare. And, and, and I say that all the time. I say what Monsanto does is chemical warfare. And they're winning, <laughs> you know? 
Dude, I have friends on the ground, boots on the ground in Hawaii. What Monsanto? They're out there. They're out there because it's a controlled environment. What they're doing in Hawaii is just out of control. <laughs> it's out of freaking control. That's like ground zero for the test. They're they're throwing chemtrails up over the organic crops so they don't yep. fucking so so the seeds won't germinate. The yields of organic farmers are down. They have to started buying uh, uh, genetically modified papaya seeds from Monsanto, aluminum resistant. Right. You know, dude, it's so deep. Uh, <laughs> you know what's going on. And the funny thing is, if you watch Cowspiracy now, they had uh, they had Howard Lyman in the documentary. Yeah, and great he guy. Said, and he goes, yeah, the Mad Cowboy. Yeah, and he really says cool in the documentary film, if I had gone on. TV with Oprah now and said what I said, I would be found guilty as an act of terrorism <laughs> against America under the Patriot Act. Yeah. The Patriot Act protects these industries now that are doing all this fucking nonsense right. and poisoning people. Yep. And look who Obama appoints as the food safety czar of America. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Michael Taylor, Tom Vilsack, well, head hell, of the USA. Got, got their ex-lawyer I mean, on the Supreme Court. You know, dude, you got Clarence Thomas. I'm like, uh, come on, man. Who cares if you got an organic farm at the White House? You're letting them poison everybody. <laughs> right. Hillary not Clinton. my kids. <laughs> yeah, Hillary Clinton talking about, oh, yeah, we, you know, these technologies are going to save the planet. Yeah, okay, sure. They're going to enslave the planet. That's what... That's what Monsanto through Bill Gates is trying to get in oh, Africa. Oh, it reminds me of it reminds in Africa. Me. Yeah, with the exactly. genocide control and, and testing on African children over there. So it, yep. it, this is Mr. This is the richest guy in the world. This is why he is one of the eugenics. richest guys in the world. No, it remind, reminds me of that movie Snowpiercer, right? Because in Snowpiercer, it's, it's this dystopian movie where the last human survivors are surviving on this train that's just going around endlessly. Yeah. And what basically what happens is – all the wealthy people in the front have clean, organic, healthy food, while all the poor people in the back are basically they're they're grinding up all of these insects and turning it into a protein bar and just feeding it to them. Hmm. And now that's pretty that much. <laughs> 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 no, so basically, what's going on now is not a whole lot different than that. People that are right. powerful are protecting their own food supply. It's like let's make sure we have an organic farm for us, Barb. You know. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, my wife worked at Monsanto. That's their headquarters. And guess what? They don't serve GMO food yeah, in, in the, the yeah, no. cafeteria of Monsanto. Ain't that a bitch. Obama doesn't eat genetically modified fucking food. Yeah. To my, you, know? you know? But, you know, it's, it's drug dealer 101. You can't get high off your own supply. Okay, that's what yeah, that comes But you know, you know what the problem is, John, is that you know th this this information is out there, yet the masses don't do jack shit with well, it. They're still going to the grocery store, still eating crappy food, they're I, still going to fast foods. So, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying about the powers that be, but at the same time, individual responsibility has to play a role here. People know what they need to do. You know, people are fat as fuck, they're eating unhealthy food, they feel like shit, they've got five different diseases, and then they're wondering <laughs> from from health-related ones. And they're and then and then they're saying, well, what am I supposed to do? It's like this information is out there. And you know what? I just had somebody come up to me at the seed conference in New York, and he goes, dude, I want to thank you. And he he was like my size. He's like, I lost fifty pounds. I did everything you said in the first issue of Meat is for Pussies. I got off all the GMO. I was on all these drugs, okay, for this and that. I'm off all the drugs. Okay, I don't have allergies. I don't have any of this stuff anymore. And I lost 50 pounds. And it's because I 
looked at all the websites that you suggested, all the documentaries, all the books that you suggested, and I followed through on it's not just about getting the information. Mm -hmm. You have to apply it to your life. It don't, right. it don't, it don't work unless you apply it. Right. I can watch all the workout videos if I want. If I don't get my fucking ass <laughs> off the couch, guess what? I'm going to be a fat fuck too. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, when, when you take charge of your health, like you said, you have to take these meaningful steps. But I think so much is this learned helplessness that we have right now where people seem overwhelmed where they're going, I, I don't know where to start with this stuff, so I'm just going to continue going down the road I'm going. But the problem, but what, what people fail to realize, though, is that consumer power is really immense. If people decide in big numbers that we're not going to support this stuff anymore, we're not going to go to the grocery store and buy this crap anymore, companies who only care about money are going to change their behavior. But as long as they're making money off this whole thing, they're happy to just keep this veil of deception going. Well, I mean, well, but you got to look at the yeah, you got look at the psychology know? of everything too, because when they when people go in these grocery stores, they'll sit there and they make something that's healthier, so expensive, which it really isn't when you really think about. It. You don't have time. Most people yeah, are not the taking relative. the time. Yep. They're not really taking yep. the time to actually add everything up at that time when they compare it to all the conventional food that they buy in the boxes and the bags and how how many they get yeah. and how quickly they go through. Well, they're they're, they're, they're looking at comparison, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at how cheap a box of but, Oreo cookies is, and in comparison, they're going, "Man, this stuff's but, expensive," but. It's only expensive in comparison. I mean, when why why is a Big Mac cheaper now than it was when we were because kids? Because of the subsidies. <laughs> well, that first the, of all, Big Mac is using less meat now than it exactly. did when we were kids. So, because, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain to you what the fuck is really going down and why uh, you could get a happy meal for the cost of a bag of carrots. Because guess what? America subsidizes the meat industries. If they don't make the money and they lose money, guess who pays the fucking meat industries off so they make so they turn a profit? My and your tax dollar. And it's the same thing with the dairy industry. And if you watch a documentary called Lunch Hour by James Costa, it explains exactly how these dairy and meat lobbyists get all their all their costs are are covered and that's how they're able to keep you know, poisoning the masses with this with this crap that they put out there, especially, you know, for the kids and everything else. It's because we are paying for that. We are paying. That's why the power lies in where you choose to spend your dollar. That's where the power lies. And that's why if you go to my website, purepma.com, we just started doing these like ebooks. And the first ebook that I have on there that you can download for five bucks is how from A to fucking Z, how to, it's called Healthy Eats on the Cheap. And it shows you systematically how you can live on a plant based diet and avoid all of this expensive costs that are attributed that everyone's saying, I can't afford to eat healthy. And the first thing I make people do is like, let's look at your monthly budget yeah, of where yeah. your money goes to, yeah. okay? <laughs> how much you spending on medication? How much you spending on beer and cigarettes? Starbucks. And, and titty bars, okay? <laughs> Video games. Dude, you're doing a bunch of nonsense that's fucking getting you sick. And then you say you can't afford to eat healthy. Right. It's nonsense. So that's, you know, we have to start. Yeah, people, average person has a $200 a month cable bill, right. but they can't eat healthy. 
Right. <laughs> you know? get, get off cable, dude. You know what I'm right. saying? It's but I like, need a 70 inch TV now. You know, they got the 70 inch flash screen. I got to upgrade for that one now, you know, because I got to save no, up. I want to get the curve. I got to save up for that for Christmas. You know, I'm saving I gotta up for Christmas. I got to get the 3D curve TV now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, I need the curve, you know. Soon, soon people are going to want an IMAX in their living room. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's like they're going to fucking. Yeah. No, they're going to be able to, like, fucking have. Uh, Holograms of the actors, hey, right? Man, we already had Tupac. We already had Tupac on tour last last year. And so Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson this time around. So. Man, could you let that brother die already? Please. He, him, <laughs> let him and Bubbles go, man. Him and let Bubbles him and Tupac. Go. I mean, seriously, like Tupac has released more albums in death than he has when he was alive, man. No, it's crazy. Tupac's probably alive somewhere. In He's an in island. Cuba. He's in Cuba right now, man. <laughs> Smoking a oh, fat cigar. Best thing I ever did for my career was die. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's fucking crazy, but uh, you know, I try to like, hey, hey, you know what? The, it, the book is the title alone is getting people to be like, you know, it, it is and fucking people talk, dude, definitely like, you know, we'll do, you know, what's what's the three phases of truth? You know, the first thing is like ridicule, yeah. then then anger, and then acceptance. acceptance. So first thing, people are like, what the fuck is this asshole? Look at this fucking idiot. Yeah, me this. Then they're like, fuck this motherfucker. Who the fuck does he think I am? And then, you know what? A year later, they're like, dude, I went on a plant-based diet. I lost 75 pounds. Well, here's the the best part about your book, John, is the fact that you actually lived this book. And I, I, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I saw you guys live recently in Vegas, and you're in your 50s, and you're up on stage just like 52, up on stage killing it just like you did. You know, 30 years ago when I saw you guys in Washington, D.C. So that's a testament that you're the product of the advice you're giving and it's working. You know, how many guys in their 50s are doing what you do? How many guys in their 50s even even get out of a chair? You got guys 20 years younger than John talking about, man, you know, I'm just I'm just struggling, man. You know, I'm just trying to make it day to day. I'm just tired. Yeah, I'm I just tired. Email me going, well, you know, I'm 40 now. I'm like, so fucking so what? You're 40? That's a death sentence? I was like, well, I'm 40, so I can't do this anymore. I'm like, bitch, I'm 42, and fuck like, you. So I'm, I'm not gonna, accepting that. I won't accept that at 42. I'm going to be deadlifting 600 pounds by, you know, when I'm 41. So. <laughs> but you know what? When you, turn your, when you turn your fucking colon into a cemetery, then, hey. you know, they, they are going to be fucking dying at fucking 30. Right. But, you know, even my first Iron Man... Like, we played a show the night before in Philly. This is hardcore. I fucking, I, like, Mackie fucked up and booked the show, like, the day before my Iron Man and shit. And I was like, oh, I can't cancel the show, and I definitely ain't canceling the Iron Man. Guess what? I'll fucking do both. <laughs> I drove down, got on fucking stage, played the show, drove back to New York, got in the shower, and didn't and did it on no sleep, and went and did a fucking Iron Man on no sleep and played a show the night before, with a broken bone, I had a stress fracture, 95 fucking degrees, and all and all hills on the bike and the run, all climbing, and I fucking finished. So when dudes start telling me all this bullshit, I'm like, motherfucker, wait till your ass, you're talking all this shit now, you're 23. Wait till your ass gets to 40 and the late 30s, and then we'll, you're going to be singing a much different tune. <laughs> right. So if you invest in your health now, like I did, Back in 1980, 81, it's going to pay the dividends down the road. You know, you're not going to be making some pharmaceutical fucking scumbag a billionaire. Right, right. And you're going to feel you're going to feel great, live fully, take charge of your life. I mean, I the health path I got on when I was 18 
I mean, as a result of making those right decisions, then I feel great now at 40 and I can, I'm stronger now at 40 than I was when I was 25 and I was strong at 25. And, I, and more importantly, I feel great and throw a TV out of a window and into fitness and all yeah. that, and then you got making this whole thing cool. Yeah, well, you know, because uh, that, that's the whole thing, you know. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, you know, the dudes who try to live out this fantasy rock and roll life on the road, they don't last. Me, I got yeah. my neutral bullet out there. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm, I'm making like kale fucking smoothies in the hotel room and going to run and fucking hitting the hotel gym. And no, what's funny is when I was hanging out with you and it was you and, and Toby from H2O and these guys are all coming to me for the hookup, right? But not the hookup that you would think. They're not, ask, they're not asking me where to go to meet hookers and get drugs. They're going, where are all the organic restaurants right. in town? You know, yeah, like where's, exactly. where's the organic juice bar? They're all writing stuff down. I'm like, yeah, man, check out the organic juice bar at the, at the Palazzo. Yeah. They're all writing it down. Check out this raw restaurant. It's, it's like, everyone's on this health kick. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's uh you know, it's a great thing, man, to be brought together by positivity. You know, the music, the good, the good, the good, uh, you know, everyone, when I go on the road, they're like, yo, man, if you want to get in a run or let's go on a swim. And like, it's like, you know, you could be brought together like, yo, let's go fucking shoot some bags of heroin and fucking die. Or you could be brought together on the positive stuff. Like, you know, people took me to the Hare Krishna temple in Houston when I was just in okay. Dallas, rather, when I was just there. And like, you know, let's go to this organic raw food restaurant or let's go get a like it's it's a different, you know, it's a different like consciousness uh, of the people that I hang out with. And 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 that's what's up, because, you know, I, you know, people know don't come in our dressing room. Although when we just played Boston, this chick comes in, she's like, oh, I'm only going to be a minute. And then she sits down and breaks out a bag of heroin and goes to... I was like, yo, are you out of your motherfucking mind? You better go listen to our records. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, most people know, like, you know, don't show up with drugs. Show up with a fucking platter of organic fruit if you want to get in and hang out. It's like, you know? But, like, that's the whole thing. And that's why I love your whole message, too, Mike. Live life aggressively. Because everybody thinks just I'm going to become some little wimp and shit if I don't eat meat. It's like some of the fucking most badass motherfucking testosterone fueled sons of bitches I know are eating a plant based diet. You know, it doesn't make you a fucking it doesn't make you wimp a wimp, a weak fucking person. You know, it, it's it's actually makes you a stronger person because you're standing up against the status quo, which is, you know, right now it is starting to shift. But just walk in Angelica's and the only really vegan dudes you see in there are like, you know, they, I mean, there's a lot. The gay dudes are into it or the fucking. But you're starting to see more and more fucking Neanderthal type dudes. And they're like, you know, they, they, they're in there. You see them in the aisles of the fucking. They crack me up. They're, it's like they're on another fucking planet somewhere. They're trying to figure out, like, you know. Yo, how do you say this? Kino, Quinoa? Quinoa? Yo, y'all got that Kanoa shit? I see everybody eating. I heard that shit got protein. Like, no, we don't have canoes here, man. That's the sporting goods department. Yeah. But, you know, I just think whatever. You know what? I don't care what anybody says about the book or whatever. It was written out of compassion to help people. That's what I've been doing for the last 33-odd years. Uh, I, I got into this. 
I knew right away. It's like, yo. Yeah, I think I think it's a smart title, man, because you did what exactly you threw it back because you always hear oh, vegan pussy or vegetarians are pussy or that's for pussies. Right. You're you're taking you're (laughs) taking all that negativity and throwing it right back. And it creates controversy, which is important, because if you want to get your message out there to the masses, there has to be some controversy. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So a title like that creates controversy. And then as long as the book has substance. You're all set. Now, if the right. book had no substance and it's just a bunch yeah. of bullshit, then it wouldn't work. But you have a controversial title. You tell your story. It has substance. It has an action plan. People are coming to you much healthier from following the steps in there. Then that's the right combination. Well, I got to tell you, out of the 10,000 books sold, I think it was upwards of close to 70% of those books were purchased by women to give to their dudes. There you go. Because... Yeah. So it ain't always like it's the feminazis that are fucking, you know, you're supposedly for the animals and all this bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. You just want to hear well, yourself. They're, they're not even for women because yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of one of the most one of the things that a lot of minority women will tell you that have tried to be part of the feminine the feminism movement is that the white women in that movement always try to tell them what they should be doing. Yeah. Here's how you should go talk to black women, black girls. Here's how you should go talk to Latino. And that's what pisses off a lot of minorities, which is why most of the time, if you look at the feminist movement, it's usually really angry white women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no rainbow coalition in there, man. And there ain't too many good-looking ones either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If they was good-looking, they'd be getting some dick. <laughs> Well, the, the worst, the worst feminists. Sorry, are, I'm gonna get all kinds. Of oh no, that's okay, man. Just show, say whatever you want. The worst feminists yeah. are the fem Nazis, I should say, because I don't, I don't think being a feminist is a bad thing at all. I know a lot of oh, yeah. feminists that are super cool ladies that are really into women's rights, which I fully support. I'm nothing wrong with that at all. The extreme, fem, fem extreme Nazis is the extreme, exactly. Yeah. The worst fem Nazis are guys that are fem Nazis. Oh because, yeah, they're trying to get laid. So I, on, I just I understand your point. Dude, I'm like, yo, dude. Dude, I was at I was at an animal rights co- uh, conference one time, and and Howard Lehman was speaking. Right? Yeah. Howard Lehman was up on stage talking about different things, and and there were two famous actresses in the front row that were both vegetarian. I forget. One of them was from that show. One of the one of the cop shows that was popular in the 1980s. I forget which one now. NYPD Blue. Yeah, it was that yeah. one. A blonde girl, good-looking lady. So anyway, Howard Lehman made a point of saying, "Oh, you know, I I like the kind of people we're attracting now. This beautiful woman, blah 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 blah." And, and I'll be honest, it came off a little bit creepy because he's an old guy. But you know, we, we kind of just laughed it off, like, "Hey, here's an older guy just having a little uh, little moment with an actress." And she kind of laughed it off, no big thing. But anyway, after he's done, all of a sudden, this big group of people comes up on stage. It's about ten women, maybe three or four guys. They're all holding hands. Oh, so I'm wow. sitting there thinking, "What's about to happen here? Are we going to start singing We Are Kumbaya. the World?" <laughs> <laughs> they get up on stage, and the leader of the pack grabs the microphone <clears throat> and she says, "We are severely offended by the comments that were made earlier tonight by Howard Lehman." And I didn't even know what they were talking about. I was- I heard about that. I was like, this is in Washington, D.C. in maybe 2002. And I go, what are they talking about that incident? Yeah, I go, what are they even talking about? And then the rest of the event was no longer about helping animals. It was this it was it was this lynch mob going after Howard Lehman the whole time. Yeah. And a bunch of people were talking a bunch of smack like, oh, fuck that guy. He never did anything good anyway. I was like, yeah. He's one of the most important members of that movement because here's a good old country boy from Montana 
former cattle rancher who definitely speaks their language and can talk to that demographic better than anyone can who's a member of this whole thing. So I, I go, not only are you marginalizing a guy who's, who has done a lot of good and is a stand-up guy, you're doing it over something so trivial, shouldn't even be mentioned. But it, it, was, it was just an example of, of, of people trying to hijack a movement. And that's what they do everywhere. It's like, yeah. you know, they're doing it on on all the news feeds right now on, on Veg News and even Forks Over Knives. Right. Because right. I just got two articles online with both of them, Forks Over Knives yesterday and then Veg News today. So what's the – but then you're getting a lot of women that are like, look, I'm not offended at all. My lady, my lady parts ain't offended. I'm not offended. <laughs> I understand what this dude is doing. He actually helped my husband. And, you know, I just think they're not getting the attention that they want. So they're like, you know, it's like, fuck everybody else that's trying to do anything good. Right. So, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. anyway, yeah. I kind of got a jet. Um, oh, no problem. Man. No problem. Yeah, we man. appreciate you taking the time. Well, what website can go? Can people go to to learn yeah, more about the They can the go to com and PMA, that was taught to me by the Bad Brains in 1980. It means positive mental attitude. And that's what all you guys and got. If you, and if you want to learn if you want to learn more about Fem Nazis, go to purepms.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, go to fucking Amazon and go to Amazon, you know, order the book and and you know, check out check out what I'm doing. Come see a Crow Mag show. I talk to everybody and you know, you guys are, are positive, sincere, and Mike, and, and all the rest of these cats, the Rich Rolls, the Brendan Braziers, you know, James Wilkes, all these cats, man. It's like they're making shit happen, you know? Oh, we appreciate, appreciate you man. coming on, man. We'd love to have you come back, talk about yeah. New York City hardcore, talk about the whole music scene. Absolutely, man. I do these walking tours in New York, and I'm oh, going to cool. do them in September again, but it's crime, punk, and art, the history of the on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Nice. And it's like it's you know we go everywhere from CBs, Max's, Kansas City, the whole shit, man. You know so, but I want to thank you for having me on. It means Appreciate a lot. It, Mike, you're actually like sincere. I just met you. Hopefully we get to hang next time. But Mike's one of my heroes. I mean, you know, it, like what you do and everything else, and man, and you you're living it too, man. And you're you're the perfect example of you know. Doing the right thing. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything. So thanks again for coming on, buddy. And Thank look forward you. to look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm going on a ten mile run and dropping <laughs> off to my Iron Man charity. So yeah, if you go on my page, by the way. Okay. John Joseph on Facebook. I'm always posting up. I'm doing the Florida Iron Man November first. It's to help children with tumors. They send them to these camps. And help them out and give them therapy. Not No drugs. I don't support the drug testing or any of that shit on animals. All the money is to send. They get these facial deformities. Hmm. And uh, it's CTF, Children's Tumor Foundation. And they send them to these camps, uh, like summer camps and stuff, to help them emotionally, spiritually. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So that's who I'm racing this cha- Iron Man charity for. So Awesome. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely check that out. We'll we'll give that a plug in the show notes and yeah. get some awareness for that. Definitely, man. And hit me up on Twitter, JJ Cromag, you know, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm in touch with everybody. So I want to thank you for having me on. And sincere, it was yeah. great to meet you. Same here, brother. So Thanks a lot, John. Person. Thanks, man. God bless. Howdy, Bo. Take care. All right. Take care, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks again. Appreciate it. 
And again, that's our friend John Joseph, author of Meat is for Pussies, as well as Evolution of a Cro-Mag. And check him out at www.purepma.com. Yeah, and also if you're in the New York area, man, don't miss them. Don't miss these guys next week, man, at the at the Afro Punk Fest. It's yeah. gonna be the Crow Mags, Body Count, Michelle and Dago Cello. I mean, so it's it's a wide variety. You got Bad Brains and you got Fishbone right there, man. Just just those artists alone that I just mentioned, man. That's one hell of a show. I've but seen most got, of those bands live. Body Count's incredible live. I saw Body Fishbone, Count Fishbone, man. In yeah, I've seen I've geez. seen Fishbone live at the nine thirty club. Body Michelle Count nine thirty club. I mean, you, Bad Brains, are, yeah. yeah. Lola Wolf. You got all these artists going to be there man so no matter where you fit on the spectrum whether you like it just hardcore metal whether you like punk whether you like hip-hop whether you like real r&b not rhythm and bullshit you know whether you, <laughs> you got d'angelo there so you got you know all these different artists right there man and again it's new york city man and where do you get to go in new york city when you have this many artists i think it's about man i don't even know maybe about 20 artists maybe more than that about 30 or 40 you know it's a big thing man it's a big weekend where are you going to get that that much talent all in one spot man and and just for the money itself you're not going to really get that anymore you're just going to yeah. get this you might get this one headliner and then you got a bunch of people opening up who suck you you probably never hear them again and then the headliner comes on probably about two hours after they were supposed to come on. By that time, it's two or three in the morning. You're sleepy. You're ready to go home, you know, because they have this this diva type attitude or whatever. So, man, right. let me tell you. And they do this every year. They do this every year. Like, I was really excited to see that the Cro-Mags were part of that lineup. Okay, so just to show you the diversification, man, when you actually have, like, good music and a message all together. It doesn't matter what culture, what color, any of that matters. It doesn't even matter, man, because the right. music brings it all together. And, you know, like I said, music calms the savage beast. You know, if anything else, man, that's one thing it can do. So, yeah, go check that out, man. So That's going to be a cool event. You know, the Mayhem Festival, which just wrapped up recently, yeah, just was another up here cool in one. It was yeah. Body Count, Asking Alexandria, Corn, El Nino. And um, to my, um, oh, man. Well, there, was, uh, there were so many. Yeah, there was a whole lot of folks. You know, you had Avenged Sevenfold was there, Corn, all those guys, man. So, yeah, it just wrapped up here in Texas this past weekend. I ended up missing it. But, yeah, it was a good show, man. I hear a lot yeah, of I mean, and, and speaking of body count, you know, another podcast, people always ask, what podcast do you guys listen to? And I'm a big fan. You know, to, to tell you the truth, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I've tried listening to a lot and a lot of them suck. Yeah, suck, suck major ass. Boring. And, and I, I, don't li- I don't give a show a lot of chances. So I, if I listen to one episode and it's not any good, that's it. I won't come back unless someone else goes, oh, you got to hear this episode or something. So one podcast I liked right from the get-go, though, is Ice-T's podcast, The Final right. Level. You can yeah. get it on iTunes. I'm actually going to be sponsoring the show starting September, looking at getting some awareness about my testosterone booster and getting the guys to test drive it and so forth. So I'll, I'm actually going to start sponsoring their show in September. But you can check out some really interesting episodes. They had James Altucher on. His wife's going to be on our show talking about her book, The Power of No, which is a great read. But it's a fun show. It's very irreverent, which is what I really like about it. So definitely check that one out. James Altucher also has a good podcast. And like I said, we're going to have his wife co-author of his book or their book, rather, The Power of No, come on soon. And that's about yeah. it in terms of podcasts I'm listening to right now. I've, I, I liked Joe Rogan's podcast initially. In fact, that was one of the motivations for me to reach out to Sincere for us to start doing this show. But uh Sometimes there's a lot of good episodes. It depends on the guest. Like Hicks and Gracie was on his show recently. That was awesome. Right. A lot of times it's guests where it just doesn't grab me. And I'm, I'm not going to listen to a guest that doesn't grab me for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, 
other than Ice T's podcast. Now, of course, you know, I listen to like Cigar Days because, you know, I'm very much into cigars right now. So, you know, yeah, it can be. It can be very, he can be very right wing sometimes with some of his, you know, opinions. But at the same time, man, I, I really get where he's coming from as far as pretty much being someone that's in charge of your own life and not needing the government to tell you what to do or people trying to tell you what you can and cannot do and what you can enjoy and what you can't enjoy, what's healthy for you, what's not. You know, these are things, these are decisions you need to make for yourself and not having so many people put their hands in the, you know, like he calls them, the enemies of pleasure is what he calls them or whatever. And usually, because it's usually based on some type of agenda. Somebody's paying for something, you know, paying these guys to tell you like, oh, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be eating this and you shouldn't be smoking this and you shouldn't be doing that. At the same time, they're doing just the same, the opposite thing. Or they're doing the same things behind closed doors or whatever. I mean, you got people saying that, you know, cigars, you know, need to be heavily taxed and the FDA wants to regulate them, you know, but at the same time, you got a president that's a freaking chain smoker and every time you see him at an event he's chewing gum well guess what that's not bubblicious he's chewing on folks <laughs> that's you know what i'm saying that's that's some type of nicorette or something like that man so anyway yeah, i listened to that show and then you know just a probably like maybe one or two other shows on the business side of things you know i like smart passive income with pat flynn and also um oh man and um oh my god natalie sisson man she she pretty much is her show is about pretty much what I'm trying to do. Pretty much just having a business anywhere in the world. She's not really bound to anything. We've mentioned, I've mentioned her show before in the past, man. So just look her up, Natalie Sisson. Basically, she's... Well, what's the name of her show? The, the yeah, yeah. She's, she's interested in coming on our show, actually. I'll oh, reach yeah. out to her, get her yeah. on as a guest. Natalie's, Natalie's really cool, man. In fact, she actually re- remembered the episode that I, I brought her up on. And we were talking to Maxwell the first time around. Right, And right. she actually like left a comment on YouTube about that, you know, really yeah. thanking us for bringing, in, you know, bringing up her book. You know, her book's a, it's a really good book. So... You know, any of you guys want to have a freedom business, you know, you guys are looking to be entrepreneurs and ladies, too, you know, who are looking to be entrepreneurs and you just really don't want to be bound to one location. And you kind of really want to live that lifestyle where you just, hey, man, I want to make money wherever I am in the world. You know, definitely pick up Natalie's book, man, The, the Suitcase Entrepreneur. You can even get it on Kindle, you know, and, and there was a while there where it was actually she had it available for free on Kindle. But, um, yeah, man, check that out. Again, those are like the podcasts I like right there because it fits where I'm going and how I'm living right now. You know, so but everything else, I kind of just I don't care, <laughs> you know, because a lot of these guys, they're not they're not interesting, man. Well, you they're, know? they're not authentic, man. I, no, I and they try to be so, so safe. I want to hear. I want to feel like I, I'm getting to know that person, whoever the host is. Yeah, they're so have, polished. This, and it sounds like a, a professional like, radio program from yeah, the 1950s. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, man. Oh, yeah. One more is uh, another great show is um, Jamie Tardy show. And Jamie's really, really cool. And her, uh, her show is The Eventual Millionaire. You know, she talks and basically all she talks to talks to is millionaires. And it's not the typical millionaires that you always see on Forbes and all that. These are cats who pretty much they're starting off just like we did. You know, these guys, they busted their ass and they're still under the radar because they're not trying to be all out in public and like, hey, look at me. I'm a millionaire. Put me on Forbes, you know, top 100, blah, 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 blah. No, man, they're out there making moves and they're actually doing good things with the money that they're making. And, you know, these are the people she features on her show. So that's why it grabs me, because, you know, of course, Here's the thing. People always want to keep it real. And, you know, I don't want to make a bunch of money because I don't want to, you know, I don't. They always look at it in a negative way. But my thing is you can do a lot more for a lot more people when you do make more money. Okay, instead of just, you know, honestly, man, I've been a guy that uh, I'm not materialistic at all. So in in some ways I can relate to that because I've never cared about making too much money or making 20 million a year or something like that, because I just don't have needs like that. But I've my recently my brain has changed quite a bit because I, I look at how many organizations I support now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Save a Chimp, Transitions Global. Boys for Boys the, the animals. animals. Yeah, there's so many organizations. Warrior Project. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like... I, organizations I support now 
what if I made $10 million where I can send Melia a million bucks? I mean, she could save every animal in Los Angeles for a million right. bucks. Yeah. You know? exactly. you like, look, a million bucks for, a, I mean, think about how many young girls and our just young victims he can help. You know, our most recent guest, or, or Don the Jimmy Rice, or the Jimmy, yeah. the Jimmy Rice Foundation, $1,000 gets one bloodhound for law enforcement to yeah. potentially save a child from a sexual predator. So just okay. think about this, man. If I'm sitting there making, let's just say, let's just say $100,000, I give them $100,000 a year. Right. Come on, man. You see, you know how many freaking bloodhounds that is? You know how many children that can be potentially saved from predators just because of that? So the whole, you know, I don't want to make a lot of money because this, that, and the other is like, well, you, you're looking at it the wrong way, man. And don't, don't feel, don't worry about what other people think of you because that's usually where that comes from. You're thinking that people are going to look at you and think that you're greedy. You're going to, they're going to, it's one of those fears that's kind of silly too. It's yeah. like, I don't want to work too hard because I might make too much money. That's <laughs> that might be too successful. Be a fucking break, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to make a lot of money. It's not easy to get strong. It's not easy to attract the opposite sex. You know, if you're a guy, you know, <laughs> exactly. so, I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that are, are meaningful. Most things that are meaningful are not going to be easy to achieve. So don't worry about it happening too easily. Like, oh, shit, man, I better take off today from working out because I'm going to get too fucking strong if I go work out today. If I work out one more day, that six-pack's going to turn to an eight-pack. I don't want that to man, you know, I, I military press three days in a row, and my, I hit a new PR. It's like I'm, It just happens too often. Oh, man, I got to back off a little bit, man. <laughs> Can't get too strong, man. It's like some of the fears <laughs> people have. But, you know, I, I, think, I think sometimes, though it's you know i'm not motivated to make a lot of money so i can buy a ten thousand square foot house or a yacht right. but I, I have been rethinking my attitude about it recently where i'm going man think I, i'm trying to be as generous as i can now but imagine if i could exponentially increase that it would just be extremely powerful so right. i've just just had a different perspective now about the whole thing yeah man definitely so yeah so with that being said, for us to continue to help these organizations and you guys help us help these organizations, make sure you hop over to both of our websites and take care of our sponsors, a.k.a. us. OK, hop over to NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA. That'll get you 10 percent off of all my products over there, whether it's my bodyweight DVD, which you can download or you can get the physical copy. And big props to so many of you guys. I don't know if it's just because it's the end of summer and people kind of like, you know what? I kind of let myself go on these vacations. I need to kind of ante up my game. But, you know, I'm starting to see an increase in DVD sales these past few weeks or whatever. So, hey, keep that up. You know, so I appreciate that. And also you can also get 10 percent off of my weight management one on one program as well as the digital copy of the wellness code and those pour over coffee drip stands direct from Costa Rica, handmade. They're beautiful. You need to check it out. If you really love coffee and you want a better tasting cup of coffee, hey man, this is this is how you do it. And when you purchase that, trust me, I'm going to send you instructions on how to get an even better cup of coffee instead of just going in trying to figure it out for yourself. Hey, I'm very interactive with the folks that's buying that, man. And I'm just really giving them all all my my little tips that um that I use, man, when I'm making coffee each day here. And it's portable. Take it anywhere with you, man. It's very eco-friendly and it looks very nice on your counter so it's just so many things you can do with this thing man so yeah uh, go check that cool. out like i said use that coupon code lla for that so what can they get from your site man well they can use that same coupon code lla you can get 10 percent off the best natural testosterone booster ever made by a long shot go to my website mikemahler.com or aggressivestrength.com Go read the testimonials for my testosterone booster. I challenge you to find any of my competitors that have that kind of feedback. I'll buy you a free bottle of their product if you can find that, <laughs> a competitor with that kind of feedback. You're not going to find it. Guarantee it. 
Bottom line is the reason why I have that kind of feedback is because the product works and it works really well. Our guest today, John Joseph, is a big fan of the product. So get on that. Get on my Restorezyme, which will help you recover much faster, which will help you get rid of those aches and pains so you feel better, you get better workouts, quality of life goes up. And then get on my recovery oil so that you get the best sleep you've ever had. You can wake up rest, rested, refreshed, ready to go. And finally, you can get 10% off any of my videos, my T-shirts, my eBooks using that same coupon code. Now, if you don't want to support our business, you can actually get 100% off going and effing yourself. We have a special <laughs> on that right now. <laughs> so if you don't want to support the show, just go F yourself for 100% off. It was a great special we're having on that. But uh, for those of you that are going, man, I'd love to support you guys. I just don't have the budget right now. It's like, okay, we understand. We've all been, we've all been in times of our lives where we just don't have cash to buy anything. Right. So you can still support the show by sharing it. Go share it. If every single one of our listeners shared it with one person, that would be huge dividends for our show. Go post a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the show publicly. Don't send me a private email telling me about how much you love the show. Post it publicly on my Facebook page. Light it up on Twitter. Light it up on Google+. You know, when you send us this praise, don't try to keep it a secret. Like you don't want people to find out that you're a fan of the yeah, show. Yeah, you, know? you, got, you got two share S's. that stuff. Man. Two S's to remember: subscribe and share. Very simple. Oh, there's another S. How that look? How that worked out? So there you go, <laughs> folks. That's all you have to do. And and that. That does a lot right there because, you know, that puts us up in the rankings. More people are aware of the show. And then they like what they, they hear. And next thing you know, they're supporting yeah, the show. You may, you may share it with someone who's not a cheap ass like you who actually will <laughs> buy the product so that we have a like, great lifestyle and we can support the organizations we want to support. But the, the great thing about supporting our business is, is even if you could care less about saving the chimps or helping victims of human trafficking or helping a homeless Wounded warriors. Yeah, yeah war, even if you could care less about any of those things, by default, you're actually helping those organizations by supporting us. So there you go, man. We're, we're, we're helping you do good things without you even realizing it. And you know what? We got two words for you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for this week. And, um, yo, so there you go. You've got your assignments for the week. Hey, support the show. All right, folks, take care.